Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the CRNA Club podcast. Today, and this is going to be a really fun episode, we have Professor Rhea Hemmerman. She is my roomie from the AANA Annual Congress uh, in Seattle. So this episode, we are going to be giving a recap about how the Annual Congress really went for us, some lessons learned, some do's and don'ts, and we're going to give you a bit of a behind-the-scenes peek of what our day-to-day rundown was like. So Rio, welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me back on your podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to make this a regular thing. Oh yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun. We have so many topics to talk about, a lot of people that we want to interview for the podcast, so it's going to be really good. This will be a good recap for people who either attended themselves as CRNAs or current anesthesia residents. And I know a lot of you listening are trying to get into CRNA school and plan. So this will really give you some good insight into why these conferences are so important, why we kind of harp on putting aside the time and the budget to plan on attending. And even if you can't attend a big conference like this, and we're going to dive in a little deeper to this as we recap our day, but you can also attend state meetings. A lot of these same things are going to apply. So just keep that in the back of your mind as we go through this. The way we kind of laid out this episode is we're going to give you a recap, sort of a play-by-play of what we did every day. We were planning on recording this live at the conference, like sitting down and having breakfast and recording, but we were just too busy. It was crazy busy. I mean, we were at the end of every day, we just both collapsed, you know, and I'm I'm still recovering from this conference and it's been a week. Same. It is a marathon. And it was funny. Do you remember when we were having, well, we'll talk about this. We had lunch with Christy and Anna and then somebody asked, are you guys introverts or extroverts? And Christy and Anna, they were like (laughs) extroverts. And me and you in unison were like, Introvert. People are actually always surprised when they hear that I'm an introvert because when I'm in person and engaging with people, I'm very engaging and very into you, right? And people always think an introvert means that you're kind of shy. That's not what it means. It means that you just are not super energized by spending a lot of time working in the room, right? And that's so that's why I always harp on being a little bit more strategic when you are an introvert and trying to network, right? So yeah, we definitely did a lot of work ahead of time to prepare who we wanted to meet, researched people, what their interests were, and we're very, very targeted with what we want to do because we have to work with what we have being an introvert, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that gets us a little bit into why we wanted, why us introverts wanted to attend this super extroverted primed meeting. This is your first time presenting nationally, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I have actually presented several times at the state level. I've given talks to universities and of course, lecturing for nursing anesthesia programs. But this was my first national talk which I was extremely excited for to be able to share the work that I'm doing in the laboratory and get more people interested in research and preclinical science. And it kind of worked. I mean, I've been getting messages from people, previous nurse anesthesia residents that I taught, other CRNAs around the country that have messaged me and said, I never was interested in research until I went to your talk or listened to your talk. And now you've got me interested. So I think that I've accomplished my mission by doing so. Mm -hmm. Over the course of us being friends for the last six plus months, slowly starting to piece together what it is you actually do. I think you're very humble about it. And you're like, oh, you know, I'm a researcher. I'm getting my PhD. And I'm kind of like, okay. And then honestly, listening to your talk and hearing you go from beginning to end, really put the pieces together for me of like, okay, this is what happens. This is what happens in the lab as a researcher, as a CRNA. This is what you're literally doing in your day to day. Um, This is what it takes to get a paper published and watching you um, do the grind of trying to collect data and analyzing it. Like, it's just not something that I'm very well versed in. So I think a lot of people feel like it's very mysterious. So you're sort of Mm -hmm. breaking that mysterious stigma of like, I think us sometimes feel like we can't do it. It's like, oh, that's for like people who are up here, out here. But you're like, no, you can do this. If you're interested in research, this is how you get started. This is my story. This is what I did. It's not as hard as you think. There aren't as Mm -hmm. many barriers as you might be anticipating. So getting people interested in it, even as an RN, I think is so important. Yeah, yeah. And I always tell people the PhD is not as hard as the CRNA. The CRNA program was a lot harder than going into research. So if you are a CRNA listening to this or a nursing anesthesia resident potentially considering it, just look into it. 
it, it's not as challenging as you may think you are bright enough to do it if you got through CRNA school. I, I found the PhD a lot easier to do, for sure. Huh. Interesting. So you gave your first great talk. We'll talk about that. We did a lot of prep. We touched on that. We looked up some faculty members that we wanted to meet. Um, we had very specific connections for people that we were, you know, people we were trying to intersect with. Um, and particularly if you're an applicant, you want to go in with a game plan. All of our accelerator students had our school cheat sheets. They had a list of the program directors they wanted to meet. They all came, came in very well prepared. We had been talking about this for weeks. They knew what research projects they did, what talks they were giving, where they wanted to be and when, you know. And, and Rhea, you told me this going into it and you told us this going into it is that don't leave anything up to chance. If there's somebody you want to meet, make it happen because mm -hmm. everybody's mm -hmm. going to be busy you're not going to just, I mean, you might casually run into them and that did happen, but don't chance it. If you're going to spend all this money and all this time going to a conference, be very intentional about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the way that this conference was actually set up was a lot different than last year in Chicago. So in Chicago last year, the conference center and the hotel were in the same location and it was a little tighter together. So we actually spent more time congregating more in the same spaces. So you were more likely to run into somebody. At this conference center, this was in Seattle, this was what they called a vertical conference center. So a lot of the sessions were on different floors and the center was huge. So we actually did not find a lot of people congregating with one another and it was, we were a lot more spread out. So if you were not intentional with meeting somebody and there were several people that I wanted to run into that I never saw in the course mm -hmm. of the four or five days that we were there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you can imagine, this was spread over five floors and each floor was quite large. So it kind of reminds me of of 007 Golden Eye when you're like trying to find people on different floors and all you can see is their dot and your dot, but you don't know what floor they're on. That's what it felt yeah, like. Because, yeah. And I remember we passed uh, Kathy Horvath. It was so funny. She was going, she started going down. There was these huge escalators, huge escalators. Mm -hmm. They were beautiful. But you you could see her. She got on the escalator and she started going down and she looked up and saw somebody that she was trying to talk to who was up at the top and they reached down to her and they were like, Kathy. And she looked up at them and she was like, oh, um, hi. But they were already like going she, their separate ways on the escalator. She, you could see on her face, she was like, do I try to run up the escalator? <laughs> they were like, don't do it. Because they could see her process. They were like, don't do it. And four steps up. Can I make it? They were like, don't, don't. But she like went all the way down. But it was really funny. Yeah, and that kind of feels like a little bit of the theme of that conference whenever you're like, oh, they're like all the way up there at the top. I'm at the bottom. People would be texting us and they're like, I'm on the fifth floor. And I'm like, I'm on the second floor. Like, okay, we'll meet on the third. Yeah, so yeah. the other thing was we should mention is that we did not stay at the hotel that was designated for the conference because we were super aggressive, which was great. We booked early. But I think that they opened up more rooms at the Hyatt after that initial mm -hmm. block maybe maybe filled up. And this mm -hmm. also happened to some other people as well. So I think people, if you book a hotel, try to get the, the hotel that the conference is at. But if it says full right away, yeah, book your backup, but then go also and check again and see if you yeah. if they open up another block of rooms. Right, right, right. We had to take a lot of Ubers back and forth. They were expensive. They were like 10 bucks. It's fine. We split it. But yeah. yeah, it was like kind of annoying. But next time we'll we'll try to book that hotel. Um, the yeah. Hotel. So um, we, we got there on a Thursday and mm -hmm. we both got there at literally the exact same time, right? At 730 at night. Mm -hmm. And uh, we from there checked into the hotel and went straight out to a place called Foreign National in Seattle. We mm -hmm. met Michael who is the director, program director at Rush University and Tyler, a faculty there as well. So that was nice. That was really nice. I remember she texted you like right when we landed, like essentially right when we landed, we got the hotel and you're like, let's go. I'm like, okay, let's go. We just like changed our clothes. We bought an Uber. We couldn't find the place. It was very it was like a speakeasy kind of. It was a speakeasy, yeah. Was like, yeah. And then Tyler came out yeah. and brought us in and we're like, oh, okay, it's this place. It was super cute. It was a great, great first dinner with them. And they were so nice. Um, I loved, that was probably one of my favorite dinners that we went to was meeting them. They were Yeah, wonderful. yeah, it was really cool. And of course, we are on completely different time zones. So I'm Eastern time and mm -hmm. Sachi lives in Hawaii. So yes. the each evening and morning was so, such a struggle for both of us in different ways, right? Yeah. So that first night we went out with Michael and Tyler and I could just see you fading. It was like it was like nine o'clock. And I could just see with each second passing by, 
progressively, you were just like wilting. And I was just perking up because she was ready to go. That time is like 6 p.m. my time. Oh, kids are like, kids are asleep in bed. This is like my time to rage. So I'm like, let's go. Yeah, Um, yeah. It was like wine time for you. And I was like, okay, let me calm it down. Let's go. (laughs) It's a marathon. It's like two sips of my drink and I was getting dizzy. I know. I know. You're like, I'm about to, uh, we got to eat some food and get out of here. And we had for the whole weekend, we had a one drink sort of maximum the entire time, which I think was very smart and worked out really nicely. Um, mm-hmm. That was really good. So we went home, we got some rest. I brought melatonin, which I highly recommend if you're trying to go to sleep really early. Um, so I, I did that, we went to sleep, no big deal. Um, so that was that was Thursday, that was like pre-conference. And Friday was the first official day of the conference, mm-hmm. but it was still a little bit of a, um, that's everybody's trickling in. It was like the registration day, which I kind of think we weren't expecting as much. Well, a lot of people were also still flying in. So we were texting people like, hey, are you here yet? And they're like, no, I'm, I'm still on the plane. So there were a lot of sessions that were more pre-register, pre-pay sessions. And it would have been a great day actually to do more sightseeing because as the conference progressed, there was we got busier and busier and actually we didn't get any chance to sightsee at all. Yeah, that would have been our day, but we still made the most of it. We sat near the registration table and we saw everybody trickling in. We got to meet all of our accelerator students that we have been working with over the past six mm-hmm. months. A bunch of them came to the conference and so we all had this group text and they were like, are you there? So they, they came and sat with us and connected. And that was actually really nice because we got to hear from each of them who they were trying to meet, which this comes full circle later, who were trying to meet mm-hmm. and kind of what their game plan was. And they also got to kind of get the nerves out and kind of talk to us and like get a sense for kind of what the cadence of the weekend would be. And then also they connected with each other, which was really nice because- I found that really cool. Yeah. They, I was very impressed with them and very pleasantly surprised at how well they all meshed together. Like there's such camaraderie in finding somebody who is going through the same struggles and the same stress mm-hmm. as you. Just like, you know, we talk about like nurse ICU trauma. It's like you see another nurse and you're like, <laughs> we, get it. we get we get the trauma trauma bond, right? Yeah, so yeah. Kind of like the same thing with applicants is you guys can hype each other up. That was and, so um, cool. Yeah. Was so the cool. fact that you coordinated that um, group text and those nurses spent the whole weekend with each other. They went to dinner, they went sightseeing, mm-hmm. they, they networked together. They went to, you know, if somebody was a little nervous to go talk to somebody by themselves, they went together and talked mm-hmm. to somebody. It was really great to see. It was, it was such community. It was a lot of community. I think that's one of the biggest things that we try to foster is community just because we both understand the importance of who you know and how you can connect people with people and just genuine connection. And you want to be at a program that is a good fit for you and being able to talk with people in person, whether that's students or faculty or program directors, that's how you build that connection and get that real sense of, okay, is this this where I want to be for the next three years of my life? So that was really cool. I think next year when we go to San Diego, we'll probably do something similar where we kind of all meet up again too and kind of maybe have a little bit more of a... um, yeah, bigger, bigger community thing. We went out to eat lunch one day. That was really, really nice. But we'll do, we'll do this yeah, again yeah. in San Diego. So mark it on your calendar, guys. August 2024, San Diego. That's when, where the next conference is going to be. Okay, so we had breakfast. We sat at the conference, met with people, and then we went back to the hotel. What do we do on? What do we do the rest of the day on Thursday after that? We just hung around the um, conference, right? No, you're. We're talking about Friday. So oh, Friday, Friday okay. yeah, Friday was when we then went to the board of directors meeting. Mm-hmm. So the board of directors, they are discussing new and upcoming changes that they want to make. It is open to the CRNAs at the conference, but it's not open to the public. So we actually can't discuss anything that went on in that meeting. But, you know, it's they keep it open to the CRNAs so there's no full, full transparency to, mm-hmm. to know what's kind of happening on, happening with the board, what they're talking about, what they discuss. So we went to that for a couple hours. And then we were supposed to go to the NBCRNA update directly after that, especially because I volunteer for the NBCRNA, so I should be going to these updates. Well, we ended up meeting Dan Lovinario. He is a CRNA, actually the first registered nurse from Hawaii to go to CRNA school. This he was away for me. He really did. Yeah, which is really cool. So we ended up catching up with him. I actually met him at the NBCRNA, the NCE item writing committee. That's how we met. 
Dan's now the chair of that committee, and I actually am moving to a different committee, which is the Research Advisory Committee. So it was nice to catch up with him. And we also met up with Gary Bridges as well, who, who is a past ANA president. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, all of us were supposed to be at the NBCRNA. Actually, Gary Bridges is the treasurer, so he actually ran, he actually ran up and was like, "I actually legit have to go." So, um, but that was nice to catch up with Dan. And Dan is Filipino as well, so we had some discussion about starting a Filipino nurse anesthesia association. So that's probably coming down the pipeline. Yes, and I'll I will be the, I, I will be the time the timekeeper, the record keeper, the, the honorary. Yeah, Sachi's Sachi's Japanese. She's our honorary <laughs> Filipino <laughs> member. Yes. And uh, the NBCRNA, can you, you will do a better job of explaining this for the people who are like, what is the NBCRNA? I don't get it. Can you just give us a real Oh, yeah, yeah. The NBCRNA is actually a completely separate organization from the AANA, and they are in charge of coming up with the board examinations for CRNA. So they come up with the C exam, the NCE exam, and the CPC exam. So the C exam is when you're in school, the NCE is when you're done with school and you need to become certified to practice anesthesia, and then the CPC is for CRNAs who need ongoing certification. That will likely change to something else called longitudinal assessment, where you are doing more modules and kind of quarterly exams. But the NCE is the big one. You need to pass the NCE to become a CRNA. So we have a lot of different committees. We're all volunteers for it. And the main purpose of the NBCRNA is not to produce CRNAs, ironically. It is to protect the public. So we try to come up with what should the standard be for becoming a CRNA. What, what, how should we set the bar to make a proficient CRNA to, in order to protect the public? So a little bit different goals. It's been a really good experience. I have met a lot of faculty and have networked a lot through that organization. So it's, it's been a very positive experience. And I actually really had no idea. I mean, I knew I was like, oh, I, when I do my recertification, it's through the NBCRNA. Like that's who I'm doing my relationship through. I didn't really quite connect the dots that it was like to protect the public. And um, mm -hmm. that's kind of the heart of it. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Mm -hmm. So we talked to Dan. That was wonderful. He was really great. And then we had dinner. You got an invite from Nicolette and Christian Fowler from MTSA. So we went and did that. Mm -hmm. And then Jessica, who's the, she's the assistant program director at Duke, Assistant right? program director yeah. at Duke, yeah. So MTSA is Middle Tennessee School of Anesthesia. Kristen Fowler and Nicolette, who is, are the directors from the pain management portion. So MTSA has their own nurse anesthesia program, but they also have a pain management fellowship, which is for CRNAs. So Christian and Nicolette run that program. I actually gave a talk for them over the summer about chronic pain, and they have asked me to do more content for them next summer, but also trying to convince me to move and, and help out with the program. Of course, I'm a researcher, so, uh, but it was still nice to get dinner with them. We had a great time. That was, that was a good meal. Yeah, yeah. And they were so kind. They good treated wine. us and that was so sweet. And uh, they, did. they were really, they were really, really wooing you. They were like, come on, <laughs> team up. And you're like, come on, baby. I know. We, you know what? I'm not making any decisions. I know. We, yeah. I, Sachi and I have, have talked extensively about what am I going to do next year when I'm finished at Drexel. And I have lots and lots of options, which is such a good thing. But sometimes you have, you're, you're, you're being humble. You have a lot. Yes, she has a lot of options. I think everybody that we met was like, well, let me give you a little bit of information about <laughs> our program. What can we do to get you to come to come work with us, to come be a part of uh, our yeah. faculty? And you're like, I think I have an idea of what I'm going to do, but I'm going to save that announcement for when yeah. I truly make that decision. So yeah, stay tuned next year. Everybody will find out where I'm going to end up. It was really, it was really cool episode. to see. Yes. Yeah. You're in, you're in high demand. I'll tell you that. So that was really, really lovely. We had dinner with them and some really good Italian food. And then we went back to the hotel bar at the Hyatt where everybody was kind of hanging out, just like the hotel bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were a lot of people that we interact with all the time on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. A lot of them were at the bar. For me personally, I'm not a huge drinker. So it was nice to just hang out and then start to slowly fade out and lose steam whereas Sachi's ready ready to go I'm not I'm not a big drinker either and my barrier I am not I don't have a loud voice I don't do mm. well talking at bars or concerts when the music is loud 
uh, like very quickly within 15 minutes, my throat was sore and I was losing my voice. And I was like, it is Friday. It's day one. We have to make it till Monday. Like, I don't want to sore throat. I don't want to lose my voice. You had to present. Um, so I think we both were kind of like giving each other the eye of like, you ready? You ready? Okay, let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we saw Chrissy and Anna there. They, that was very wonderful. Also. Yeah. If you don't, if you guys don't know, Chrissy and Anna are owners of Confident Care Academy. They Their business focuses on providing education to ICU nurses to get ICU nurses more well-versed in pharmacology, physiology, and becoming better and more comfortable ICU nurses. So definitely give their company a check out. They have really, really great content. So it was cool to see and catch up with them in person. But after that, we went back to our hotel because Saturday was going to be the big day. So this is now, this is now Saturday mm-hmm. and 8 a.m. was the opening ceremony. So this was like the big kickoff. So I think next year, if you're planning on going to the conference, take a look at what day the opening ceremony is. And yeah, plan to get there a day ahead, but no, that'll be slow. You can sightsee that day, but the day of the opening ceremony, that's like the kickoff of the conference. Mm -hmm. So you'll Mm -hmm. kind of want to be there for that if you can. But, you know, Dr. Glaukenflecken on TikTok, he was supposed to be the keynote speaker for this, which everybody was so excited about, right? But then he withdrew. And then- um, There are some political things involved with that. And as you get more involved with learning about the organization, you'll learn about the politics and and kind of understand what kind of happened there. But we got a different keynote instead. (laughs) It's a different keynote, which we'll get to. So the opening ceremony is really great. We heard from the ANA president. There was many awards that were presented, like preceptor of the year, program director of the year. And then then it was the keynote speaker. She comes out. So we were sitting in the back and there was kind of a break. Music started to play. And then this lady walks by to our right and she's dancing and she's in a pink suit and she's dancing with her arms up and People are just kind of like walking by her. Like nobody's really getting involved in the hyping up. I think they're like, what is happening? Like people were mingling, kind of like, what's going on? So she makes her way. We watched her make her way, weave her way to the front of the stage. And then she gets up on the stage and then she's kind of out of breath, right? Like I would be too, but she's pretty <laughs> I think that was like, I'm talking like Ellen DeGeneres, like from the top of the stairs to the bottom of the stairs. Like she probably walked like a football field to like get up there. <laughs> yes. And then she was like huffing and puffing, but like trying to start her, trying to start her talk. And then I think she's a comedian, right? She's she a yeah. comedian. I think she was supposed to be comedian. I think because everybody was super excited, excited about Dr. Galkenflecken and he, he's like, you know, funny. I think they were like, yeah. oh, let's try to find somebody who's also funny. She's not a CRNA. Oh my she, was, she was a comedian. So she starts to like tell some jokes. And then I look over at Rhea and her eyes are wide and she's like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you have to understand about me is that I, when I watch TV shows, because I don't watch a lot of TV, when I watch TV shows and something embarrassing is starting to unfold, like a reality TV show, I can't. I can't take it. I get like palpitations. I get so embarrassed for them. I think because it's, I do have a lot of empathy, like really strong empathy. Like I get so embarrassed that my, I get sweaty and I have to turn off the TV. I have to because then I'm emotionally distressed. (laughs) So this starts happening to me while I'm, we're sitting there watching the keynote and and I'm going to Sachi, I gotta go. (laughs) Literally, that's what she says. I look at her because I'm trying to gauge because like I didn't really, I'm like, okay, like we could probably go. I just, but I didn't want to like, suggest that if you were wanting to stay and like watch the whole thing because this was like a big keynote right um yeah. so i'm glad we were on the same page because i look over at you and you're like i, I gotta go oh so <laughs> i was like yeah, let's go and it wasn't bad it was just like it just felt a little awkward like she was kind of huffing and puffing, and then yeah, she was cracking jokes I mean, and then it like wasn't really resonating and it was just kind of like a weird i think i'm sure it got better last that. year okay last year was so cool because for their keynote they broke it up between three different crnas that had extremely different stories so i don't know if you guys knew you remember the show back in the day like keenan and kel yeah mm-hmm Oh, Keenan's mom is a CRNA. I so, yeah. So she actually gave one of the keynotes last year and it was so good. It was just like, you know, she just talked about her journey and becoming a CRNA while her kids were growing up and then watching her sons become a Grammy award winners. Mm-hmm. And then it was Brett. I forget his name, but I, had, I told you about him before. So Brett is another CRNA who's the only CRNA in the country that doesn't have one of his arms. He has a robotic arm. So he talked about 
growing up, becoming a flight nurse, his journey through CRNA school. He went to University of Pittsburgh that and that, that program director, he's incredible. John O'Donnell talked about how he found every way to accommodate his disability and make it work. And he's, he's a great CRNA. And then the other one was, I think her name is Jennifer Bannock, something like that. And she was one of like the first CRNAs to, to enter an elected position. So she works, um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this. I'll have to look up what she does exactly, but she, she works in some kind of like more elected position, but it was just, I think the, the keynote last year was about CRNAs doing you know, really cool and unusual and out of the box things. So this year it was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad people enjoyed it. That's good. I, I was. I had to go. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we bounced. But we went outside. The coffee station was like right outside that huge, huge ballroom, which was perfect. So we got some coffee. We hung out there and ran into some newly graduated SRNAs and students. Who else did we see? We saw a lot of faculty out there, too. We actually ran into a lot of people when we were out there. So that was actually, that worked out better that we we, we stood by the coffee station and ran into a lot of people. We So I, I'm in the process of writing a science book right now. And there were a lot of faculty that still owed me chapters. Now, we already passed our due date. And people were seeing me and be like trying to run away from me. And I was like physically grabbing them and like, no, no, where's your chapter at? I mean, you could, you could see it. You would see, like, we'd be walking towards somebody. And then you would see somebody look at us, kind of turn away for a second and debate, did Rhea see me or not? Did she, did she lock eyes with me? And then they'd be like, shoot, I think she saw me. And so they'd turn around and be like, hey. <laughs> no, no, people are, people are so funny. They're just they goofing off. But. I'm not going to say who, because I'm not going to call them out just yet. But I did threaten them on Facebook the other day that if they don't turn in their chapter soon, I'm going to start calling people out in front of their residents that they don't turn stuff in on time. So give us a little bit of a rundown about the, the textbook. Um, you are editing it. We have how many authors total? Yeah, they, they said that we don't have any textbook right now for nurse anesthesia residents to learn chemistry and physics. There is one book that's written by chemists, but there, there aren't any books written by CRNAs. And the book that's written by the chemists, it is just doesn't have a lot of anesthesia application. There's a lot of math equations in there that are unnecessary. You could just tell that they are scientists that don't take care of patients. So we decided instead, me and Edwin Oroki, he's at University of Alabama. He has a degree in pharmacogenetics. And of course, mine is in pharmacology. So because we have the science background, we decided to put it together. We're working with Elsevier, who gave us a pretty generous budget to put this together. We have about 40 chapters on the book. It goes starts with mathematics, goes through all different types of chemistry, general chemistry, organic chemistry, and biochemistry. We have a section on molecular biology that's more about genetics. And then we have our physics section. And most of the chapters have co-authors. So I would say there's anywhere from like 60 to 80 authors on the project around the country. Most of them are faculty, which is really cool. It's really come together. That is incredible. And we can maybe expect to see this book come to fruition in maybe like 18 plus months, maybe two years. Uh, yeah, I would say in, in um, around maybe spring of 25. We'll see the book. Yeah, our, from our end as editors, we're, we're going to be done with it in about June of 24. But from that point on, the publisher still takes almost an entire year to print it. There's a lot of other steps that the publisher has to go through to get a textbook finished. And there are very few textbooks out there that are peer reviewed, which is one of my gripes with textbooks, right? Anybody can write a textbook and just publish it and, and it's not checked, fact checked. Whereas a lot of journal articles, all of those are peer reviewed. So we want to do it a little bit different. I very much care about academic integrity. So we are going through a full peer review process with the textbook to make sure that the content is accurate. So awesome. Yeah, it's, that adds time, but I think it'll be worth it. That's yeah, yeah. very exciting because chemistry and physics, that was a struggle for me during school. And I think it's a struggle for a lot of people. So to mm -hmm. be able to have that real world anesthesia application, I think is going to help connect the dots a lot for people. So we met with a lot of faculty members and that is one thing that I really admire about you and learned from you this past weekend was how intentional you are with meeting people. 
and how you're willing to really put yourself out there and just introduce yourself to people. And I think that's one of the biggest questions that we have both gotten when we have our calls with the accelerator student. And you can speak to this really nicely is that people are nervous about just interacting and just going up to somebody and being like, hey, my name is Sachi. I'm applying to CRNA school this year. I'm really interested in your program. Um, it's like lovely mm -hmm. to meet you. I think that mm -hmm. can feel very awkward and it does take practice. And mm -hmm. I think myself speaking from my own experience over the weekend, I think that in the beginning, I was like so nervous, like you would introduce me to people and I'm like, hey, hi, I'm Sachi, mm -hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then by the end, I think it got like more comfortable for me. I was able to just connect with people a little bit more. And so that's definitely a skill to practice, um, especially as introverts. So if you had any advice like to somebody who is maybe struggling, like listening to this and being like, okay, I really do want to go to a state meeting and introduce myself to that person. But like, that feels really awkward. Um, like kind of how mm -hmm. would you go about it? As you tell more and more stories, right? It takes practice, right? You tell, when you tell somebody a story, you introduce yourself to them. Each time you're gauging somebody's reaction, mm -hmm. right? And the next time you do it, you tweak something a little bit different about it until you get the reaction that you want. And once you find out your script that works, you stick to it. Mm -hmm. So you know you've honed on on certain key phrases, stories, descriptions about yourself that work and seem to get you the reaction that you're you're hoping for. And then you keep saying the same thing. So even you've noticed with me that I probably was repeating a lot of the same things as I was meeting different people because I've honed in on things that work. For you, you're like, she's saying the same thing a hundred times, but for that person, they've only heard it once. So it doesn't really matter. I think those are skills that you have to learn as an introvert. You have to hone in on what works and what doesn't in order to feel comfortable with how to introduce yourself, what to speak about. But like I said before, you also need to research that person and find speaking points that they would find interesting too. So, you know, even just meeting with Micah, right? Now, Micah is my friend, but I know that Micah over the past year won some big award, HRSA award. I knew that I was going to bring that up with her because it's a speaking point that she would find interesting and it's something that she could speak about and something that she's excited about. So knowing if you're going to introduce yourself to a program director at a specific school, make sure you really have some speaking points about that person and about that school. When I interview, I try to actually spin the interview around so the person that's interviewing me does most of the talking, not me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they feel really good about themselves. You always hear that phrase, it's not about what you say, it's how you made them feel. So making, you know, bringing up what people are interested in, getting them excited, that's that's the lasting impression that they'll have about you. Not exactly about every little detail about your conversation. And people do genuinely want to tell you about their program and what they've done and what they're proud of. Mm -hmm. So going in and researching a bio on this person that you're trying to talk with, what awards have they won? What committees are they on? What are some changes that they've made in their university? What are they proud of? Talking about that. This reminds me of a conversation that we had with Samantha Pratt. She's the assistant program director, right, at Rush University. Mm -hmm. She was so excited to tell myself and a, one of our accelerator students about her program. And she, she, you could just feel the enthusiasm and passion in her voice and excitement about all the amazing things their program had to offer. She told me all about their wellness center. She told me all about the therapy that they offer their students and how accommodating they are. And like, I know so much about their program because she was so willing to tell me and she was excited about it. So that just yeah. goes to show you that if you ask, they will open the floodgates and be very happy to, to speak with you about mm -hmm. that. And I think mm -hmm. one of the things, one of the skills as far as like building interpersonal relationships, it's how quickly can you find a commonality with somebody? How quickly yes. can you put out the feelers and see what can we relate on, whether that's where we grew up or are we both mothers or did we both graduate from the same university for undergrad? Like what's, what's kind of like a common ground here? And if you can find some commonality, it doesn't have to be huge, but if you can find something that you're both interested in, want to talk about, they're going to remember that about you and be like, oh yeah, Rhea, she was the one. Okay, yeah, she was the one who really wanted to get involved with research. And then they'll just remember that kind of one thing because they'll kind of like mm -hmm. hone in on that. So it's very important to kind of do some research ahead of time and that'll set you up for success. So by the end of the weekend, I think we, yeah, we kind of got our rhythm and 
I, yes, definitely. I heard you telling some of the same stories over and over again, but it was the stories that worked. It was the conversation that worked and everybody that everybody wanted to talk about. So that was a really good tip. So we, circling back, we left the, the keynote speaker, had some coffee, talked to a ton of people. And then we went to a cannabis talk with Daniel King from Rosalind Franklin and Nadia Slatki. She's a Northeastern student. They gave such a wonderful talk about cannabis use. We ran into somebody from the NDCRNA there at the end of that meeting, mm-hmm. chatted with him, and then we had lunch. Lunch with Vinny and Amber. Yeah, so Vinny and Amber are really great. They are the dream team. If people follow them on on social media, they also own the company Ascend Anesthesia. So for people who want to get CE credit when they take the vacation that they want to take, you mm-hmm. can apply for Ascend Anesthesia, and they will set it up for you. So you can then use your CE money from your institution and use that to pay for your personal vacation while also getting your CE credit. So it's a great, great business model. A lot of CRNAs take advantage of it. So we you know, are getting to know Vinny and Amber a little bit more and went to lunch with them and they shared with us their story about them and their company and their locums life. Really cool. Jealous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really great. They're just such an, I think, inspirational couple in general. Vinny is very motivated and he's very driven and Amber is so sweet. They both are very complimentary to each other. Mm-hmm. Very complimentary. And it was, it was really nice to have lunch with them. They were like very down to earth and, and really cool. So definitely give them a follow on um, Instagram if you don't already. So that was lunch. And then what did we do? I don't remember what we did after lunch. I know we had dinner um, at Chan. That was Korean small bites. Do you remember what we did from lunch to dinner? Did we just go back and rest? Maybe we went back and rested. I don't think so. I think we kind of like went back and changed because that evening was the welcome reception at at the conference center. So we, I think we went back and rested and changed. And they had this really nice outdoor terrace that was set up with drinks. They had a bar and they had a bunch of small bites. And it was a lot of the faculty and CRNAs were there. Everybody was mingling. And we also met a lot of people there as well. Mm-hmm. That was a little more casual. I think as an applicant, it's so important to be very nicely dressed, especially if you're trying to make a good impression on faculty. But it, it was a little bit more of a casual setting. But we met with a lot yeah. of people. Right when we got there, Michael, who we had dinner with on Friday night, the program director of Rush, came up to me and introduced me to somebody who had just moved to Hawaii. So this whole event was like networking, meeting people galore. It was amazing. And we'll talk about a story that was really cool in just a second here. But Michael introduced me to somebody who just moved from Hawaii. We chatted a bunch. And then he introduced me to a friend of his. We chatted a bunch. We also met another CRNA from Kaiser. His name was Amin. And he actually was so nice and helped one of our accelerator students who wanted to talk to some somebody from Kaiser. So he was like, oh, yeah, I'll go talk to her. So we paired Ashley up with him. They connected. Um, and you were kind of doing your own thing. You were walking around meeting people, right? Well, the faculty at MUSC, the director there is Angela Kuka. She's actively trying to recruit me, and they've they've offered me a pretty good package there. So we were talking about that job. But while we were talking about that job, and let me back up a little bit, one of the accelerator students had been wanting to meet a very specific program director at a program in Texas. So this is already in the back of my mind. Well, as I'm talking to the faculty at MUSC, somebody had mentioned Drew Riddle, and I said, Drew Riddle, for those of you who don't know, he's the current ANA president. So he and he's also Texas. He's a researcher as well and said, you know, you you should connect with him on this research stuff. And I said, yeah, I've actually been wanting to meet him and touch base with him, but I haven't had a chance to yet. And this person said, oh, he's right over there. Let me go see what he's doing. So she goes over and talks to him and he and comes back and says, he's not really talking about anything important. He's only talking to the program director at this place in Texas. I said, that's so funny. This This nurse in the accelerator program has been wanting to talk to him, this program director. And as I'm walking over to Drew Riddle, with this person who's going to introduce me, the nurse from the accelerator program literally walks by us. I said, that's the nurse right there. And she grabs her. her. She's right here. Yeah. And grabs her and goes, you're coming with me. 
And and so she she goes, oh, okay, why? What are we going over to? And I said, well, I'm going to go talk to Drew Riddle, and you're going to go talk to the program director at you know this school in Texas. And she literally goes, oh god. <laughs> I never say that. Felt like so excited, but like, oh my god, okay, this is happening. Oh god, this is like it's coming. She was trying it's to happening the entire weekend. She had mentioned this. Yes, and she's like, I got everybody. I just got to get this one guy. I just got to connect with him. And she was like, and oh. she like mentally, she mentally had about five seconds to prepare. Mm-hmm. She because she just got grabbed. And this this person who's like the she's the president of the South Carolina A and A. She goes, here you. She's talking to your you know, the acceleration. You talk to him and Rhea talked to Drew and it, it worked out great. I was like, man, networking can't get any better than this. You know, you're right. you're telling people who you want to meet. You know, you just happen to walk by somebody, they grab you and and toss you to the person you're looking for. It was it was a really like really cool full circle moment for this person. It really was. And that was just the theme of the entire weekend. Like people coming up to me and being like, oh, I'm trying to find somebody from here. And I'm like, oh, let me talk to you. Let me connect you with this person who I just spoke with who just graduated from that program or who is living in that state or knows this person. And it was just, it wasn't just us like connecting other people. It was other people also connecting their circle to us. Like, oh, Oh, you're interested in research? Oh, you should go over there and talk to Rhea. Oh, you know, you're interested in moving to Hawaii? Oh, go over there and talk to Sachi. So it wasn't just this one-sided thing. That's the point. Everybody is trying to meet everybody and everybody is mentally prepared for that. So it's just teed up so nicely. So that was Saturday night and you had your big talk coming up on Sunday. So we went to sleep. We left that welcome party, went straight to bed. And then you were up early because this was the day of your talk. Yeah. So of course, each morning, for Sachi, it for her, it's still, you know, three in the morning. And for me, it's getting to be mid-morning. So I'm getting up early each morning. I'm kind of practicing in the dark. I look like I'm standing around a campfire telling stories in the mirror. Trying well, to like something from the yeah. other room. <laughs> trying not to wake up Sachi. So I felt at this point I'd already given the talk twice. So I felt pretty good about it. I just needed to tweak usually you need to tweak the intro and the conclusion. And most of your talk is kind of a little bit more impromptu. So we went to the first couple sessions. Sachi went goes to see Jeremy Heiner mm-hmm. at Kaiser. He's actually also the editor for our one of our main textbooks called Nagelhout. So he was probably pretty cool to see. What was that session like? So he did a talk. It was called Topical Thunder, and it was it was very entertaining. He is yes, he teaches at Kaiser, Cal State Fullerton in California. We get some of the Kaiser students; they're excellent. So basically, there are a couple of ways when you want to place a breathing tube in somebody, when you want to intubate them and protect their airway. One of the ways you can do it is the traditional way that we see in the ICU: you sedate them, you give them a paralytic, you put the breathing tube in. They're unconscious; um, they can't protect their airway necessarily, meaning they could have reflux, um, they could aspirate, and uh, you're essentially taking over the airway for them and breathing for them. Now, in certain situations where people have trauma to their neck, um, maybe they have epiglottitis or they have neck swelling, where it is very risky for you to put them to sleep and take away their breathing um, because you might not be able to ventilate them and you might not even be able to intubate them. So if you put them to sleep and you paralyze them, that's a very tricky situation. So the talk that he gave was about awake fiber optic intubations, which we as CRNAs do. He has a technique called topical topical thunder because the local anesthetic, the lidocaine rains down on the vocal cords is what he said. Super entertaining. He fiber optically intubated himself. He had a shirt on underneath his button down. Um, So he had this button down and then underneath he puts on this music and he starts unbuttoning his shirt. And we were like, what is happening? But underneath his shirt, it said, it's go time. So then he brings over the glide scope and has somebody (laughs) hold the mirror. He topicalizes himself, tells us which um, nerves he's getting as he's topicalizing the nerves in his mouth. You could hear his voice changing. So you know he's getting those nerves. And then he proceeds to put the fiber optic in his mouth. We see his vocal cords as he's breathing. And then he slides the ET tube over his over the scope into his trachea. And then he's like, the music. So he puts on this song that's eight minutes. Because if you hyper oxygenate somebody, you have eight minutes supposedly of safe apnea time. So he puts on this eight-minute song. And we're all like dumbfounded. 
and he intubates himself. And by the end, everybody has their cell phones with the lights on because he plays ACDC. And we're like swaying <laughs> in the crowd. And he's like raising his hands with this ET tube out of his mouth. It was it was so great. Yeah. And we were everybody was like taking pictures and videoing it. So that was really exciting wow. to, see, <laughs> to say the least. That uh, is really cool. Excellent. High energy. Yeah. Yes, that was very high energy. It was really good. So at this time, you're preparing for your talk. You have to go to lunch. I take the Accelerator students out for lunch at Nordstrom. And everybody was just sharing their gems and their pearls and their takeaways and just having such a great time. It was so lovely. And then you had a committee lunch, right? Yeah. So one of my goals this year was to start participating at the national level for the ANA. So I actually applied for a committee called the Professional Development Committee. Now, what they do is actually plan the ANA events. So they are the ones that put together the ANA the, the entire conference, all the educational stuff, planning the speakers, planning the vendor halls, everything. So I wanted to become more involved with the, with that committee. So San Diego next year, I'm I'm actually going to be planning San Diego. I would say the downside to the committee is that for conflict of interest purposes, I'm not allowed to apply for a talk because we're the ones that choose the talk. So it's not really fair if I'm choosing my own talk to give, right? We want to make sure that we choose talks that are blinded so we don't know who the speaker is. We're, we're choosing talks truly based on what's interesting based on merit, not based on the person's reputation. So anybody has a chance to apply for a talk and could potentially be chosen for a talk because of how good the talk is, not because of how good, you know, we like or how well you are liked, right? So I'm part of that committee now. We met with all of the committees for that lunch. And so that was really good. It was just a nice, like, introductory lunch. And then I had to start finding a quiet place to practice for my talk around that, which was around three o'clock. Yeah. And you were, I was very impressed. You are like very cool, calm, and collected. And I know you've presented a lot and this is a skill that you have worked on. Um, mm -hmm. But like, I can tell you, she was very, even leading up to it. She was like, okay, I'm going to go practice. Like I would be just probably like out of my mind, but you were like, okay, I'm going to go to this AV room and practice and yeah, I'll see you there. And I was like, okay, no big deal. Um, so you present in this huge ballroom, which was a little unexpected for you, right? No, I thought it was going to get one of the smaller rooms that we saw Daniel King present in the cannabis talk, but no, they gave me a, a huge ballroom. So I did not expect that. I think that made me initially a little nervous and then I kind of calmed down. But the sound quality in that room was not great. The Every time I spoke, it would bounce off the back of the room and bounce back to me. So every time I said something, there was an echo that kept coming back to me. And it took me, it took so much for me to concentrate on what I was saying because I kept hearing my voice kind of echoing back. And I, I think for the most part, people during, you know, during the talk did not notice that I was struggling. I don't know. You tell no, me. Not at all. We had no clue. Yeah. The hardest parts for talks have always been questions. That's the thing that gets me the most nervous at the end. That is a skill I've been working on over the past couple of years, especially being in a PhD program where you we have to give these seminar talks all the time and people will come up with really, really brutally hard questions. So learning how to field questions is also a skill that on top of the presentation that I had to work on. And I, I feel like I got some decent questions. Some of them were a little difficult and I, I felt like I did a decent job answering them. So that was probably the most job. proud of that part. I yeah. thought you did a wonderful job. And there were some really, like there was a special guest in the audience for a couple of people that really meant a lot to you. But essentially people came up and said, like during the Q&A session, that we need more researchers, that we need more people like you, that we need more CRNAs who want to contribute to gathering, collecting data and, you know, presenting a clinical change for our practice. So mm -hmm. that was really cool to hear. As yeah. Well. The person that, that you're talking about that said that was Lori Shirley. She's on the board of directors for the ANA Foundation, and they provide a lot of funding for people who are interested in these types of careers. So I like to donate a lot to them because they've been pretty supportive with my career. And she also mentioned that they have a postdoctorate fellowship that is funded for two years. So that's that might be something that I'm thinking about taking advantage of too. That's yeah, pretty cool. That's I don't think many, 
many people in the sciences don't get the opportunity to have a fully funded postdoctorate fellowship. That's a pretty rare and special thing. So mm-hmm. I even went back and told my PI about that. And she was like, wow, that's that's incredible. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. The other special person that you mentioned was Richard Hanker, Rick Hanker. He actually was my mentor. He's a CRNA researcher. He was my mentor when I was an undergrad. I mean, this was when I was like 19 years old. He is the person that pushed me to go into research in the first place. So he was my physiology teacher during my BSN. And he's a researcher that studies more genetics, genomics, opioid receptors, like new receptors. And he got me very connected when I was an undergrad and helped me finish an additional degree called a Bachelor of Philosophy, which is a research degree. So I ended up doing a project, writing a thesis and defending it in front of a committee. So Rick was kind of instrumental in helping me get started. And that has paved the way for my entire research career. So he was there. He's actually getting ready to retire. So he's moving to Japan. He's going to be teaching there a little bit. So I'm, of course, trying to convince him to let me guest, guest lecture in Japan. So it was neat. It was neat to see him. I mean, after all these years, I'm sure that was really gratifying for him, too, to be like, wow, like this is somebody that I've kind of poured into over the years. Um, and now mm-hmm. it's like full circle. So I thought the talk was excellent. It was really wonderful. Yeah, thank you. So after that, we went ahead and for had sure. um, dinner with... Chrissy and Anna, we got an, they got an Uber and we went out to eat. But we ended up going to a tapas place. And, you know, everybody at the dinner besides me and Everett were vegetar- <laughs> vegetarians. <laughs> so surrounded by vegetarians, I was like looking at the, I think there was something on the menu that was like candied pork jowl. And I was like, that sounds so interesting, but I bet you nobody at this table right now would eat that. So, of course, we got all vegetarian food. And then Everett, yeah, if you don't know Everett, Everett is the, what is his handle? The Paramurse. Paramedic paramurse. paramurse. Male nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Everett is just had already graduated from Emory's program. He had nothing but great things to say about their program. And he is like very deep in the weeds with studying for boards right now. So that was that was really nice to catch up with Chrissy and Anna and them. And we talked about, you know, the importance of being very tactful with social media, being careful what we post. We can use our platforms for good, but also just being careful because this is also public. You know, I, you and I both focus on promoting positive educational content. That is really our goal. But, you know, as an applicant, when you are applying, just be very careful of your social media presence. Clean it up. People do look. They absolutely look. Make it private, but also make sure your profile picture is also very professional as well. Even if your profile is private, make sure that, you know, that picture that we can see mm-hmm. is, is also professional. So it's kind of what we talked about. And I think everybody, for the most part, is, is pretty good, but it is something to be aware of. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of faculty people, members also that are I think still trying to warm up to the idea of using social media as a platform to promote the CRNA profession. I, of course, see technology as a good thing. So we should always embrace it and meet people where they're at. And I don't think that we should hold on to these traditional views about the way that people should learn or how how we think people should learn. I think we should really take advantage of, of meeting learners where they're at and using those technologies to the best of our advantage to provide, like you said, education. That's our whole platform is to provide unique education and to support people along their, their journey. So when you're starting as an RN and then going through graduate school and supporting you when you're done with that portion. So yeah, lots of strategy talk there. And we're actually also in the midst of planning an event and that's going to come out soon um, for in May. So we're going to announce that pretty soon. Our our groups are planning a kind of a more of a content creator event in, in May of 2024. We had to make a quick turnaround at this point. This was like five or six o'clock. And then we, Vinny and Amber had invited us to do, to meet up at Altitude Sky Lounge at this rooftop bar, which was really nice. So we had to make a quick turnaround. We changed and then we booked it to this fully sponsored event. At this point, you know, it's Sunday night and we're starting to get tired. Yeah. Like exhausted, right? And mm-hmm. so 
as we're trying to do a quick turnaround to go to this event, I, I think we were even in a hotel room, like basically doing jumping jacks, trying to like wait back up again. Like we both we were, were like, if we touch that bed, I know we're not getting back up. Like we can't even fit. I know we just kept being like, no. I think we probably said, okay, okay, like fifteen times, like okay, all right, like, we okay. can do this. We can do this. We got this. We yeah, got this. so we can do it. let's keep moving. We were just like we, once we were there, we were fine. But yeah, oh, there's absolutely. also wildfires going on in Seattle as well. So outside at this rooftop, most places had closed the rooftop because the air quality was so bad. So we're out there in the in the snow. It wasn't horrible, but you know we're out there and it's it's smoky outside and the sun was red. Yeah, was yeah, red. yeah. But there um, were a lot of people there. We saw yep. Cole and Tanner. That was really nice to connect with them. They are from Core Anesthesia. They have a podcast and they also provide CEs for CRNAs. A lot of students listen to their podcast as well. So it was really nice to chat with them and hear kind of the heart behind Core, how they got started with their company and, and what they're doing to continue to grow and, and give back to the, to the student and CRNA community. So they, we connected with them. That was Those were two people that I hadn't yet met in person, but we chat all the time on social media. They really care and they are not there to, you know, try to... Um, swindle anybody or make money off of it. They really just like truly care about their community and build a program that's going to continue helping. There are people that have messaged me after I posted a picture of them that said, these two guys helped get through, get them through pharmacology, like mm -hmm. listening to their podcasts, going to work, going to clinical, what have you. They really enjoy a lot of their content. So they do really good work. Mm -hmm. Lots of program fun. directors there too. Lots of program directors there as well. Yes, that was that was a little surprising to me. I didn't realize how many people were going to be there and how many program directors and faculty were going to be there. So that just mm -hmm. goes to show you, like, even if you are going to like an after party event or whatever, where it's like at a bar, it, like you don't know who you're going to meet, right? You don't yep. know which program. Yep. NYU, no, Col Columbia was there. Cedar Crest was there. Emory was there. Yeah, there were definitely a bunch of people there. Yeah, so just just a note, even at these bars, like everybody's a person. Everybody wants to go out and have a good time too and connect and network. Yeah. So um, just think cognizant of that as well. So by that time, I think we stayed there for about an hour and a half, 9 p.m., we're ready to go to bed. So we left again pretty early. I flew out on Monday, so I was kind of needing to go back to the hotel and kind of pack and make a little plan because we were going to part ways that day. So that was Sunday night. So we wake up on Monday. You have mm -hmm. a poster presentation that morning, right? So we kind of book it to the hotel, I mean, to the conference center early because you got to go set up for this poster presentation. Yep, yep. Oh, that's not a big deal for me anymore because I, at this point, have presented probably 10 posters. So, in fact, I just use it as another way to meet people, stand there. So, actually, and quite a few SRNAs and CRNAs came up and were interested in looking at the poster. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. And I think at this point, you had to go to the airport, right? I stayed around till about 10 o'clock. Yep. I talked with Samantha Pratt from, from Rush. She was really nice. Connected with some of my accelerator students on the very last day. Ran into Cole and Tanner again. I walked the vendor hall for a little bit. And that's when I saw some more of the accelerator students and they caught me up mm -hmm. on who they had connected with the day before and gave me the update on, oh, now, I, you know, I wasn't really considering this program, but then I met a bunch of the students and now I want to apply there. And even yeah. somebody who, yeah, already had turned in a bunch of their applications and thought that they were kind of done. They were like, oh, but I just like really vibed with these people. They took me out to dinner, like all sorts of cool things. So they're like, they told me to apply. And now I'm thinking of applying to this program. So I was like, yeah, do it. Like, what, what's the harm? Yeah. So it was cool to catch up with them. Walked around the vendor hall for a bit, which was kind of overwhelming. But very cool to see, but a little overwhelming for me. It was a, it was a yeah, lot, of, yeah, yeah. lot of overwhelm. It was like walking through the mall and the lotion guy wanted to really give you some lotion. And you're like, the bro, hair straightener no. Guy. Yeah, the hair straightener guy was like, can I straighten your hair? You're like, no, I haven't. Yeah. been there, dude. Leave me alone. My hair's good. <laughs> I don't remember it being that aggressive in the past, but I agree with you. Like I was going through it and people were like, do you want a massage? Do you want a sample of this? I'm like, no, <laughs> I just want to talk to Sierra. You're like, I'm a researcher. Bye. We know. Yeah. But not everybody was like that. We we spoke to quite a few CRNA-owned businesses. And there were just a couple people who were like that, like, like the Theragun kind of massage guy, um, stuff like that. But there were a lot of cool vendors that were there. A lot of schools 
had booths. Mm-hmm. So you go up to and yep, talk to yep. the program directors there. A lot of locums companies had booths. So if you want to become a travel CRNA, that was the spot. And even some new technological advances for future CRNA programs was there yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. A lot of people there. So I primarily went there to get coffee because they strategically put the coffee in the back corner. They shut down all the coffee everywhere. The only place you could get coffee was the back of the vendor hall. They were smart about it. So we snuck in the back there. I got some coffee, walked around. You go to lunch and then I take the air train or whatever it's called to the airport. And then I knock out on the plane and go. But you kept going. Yeah, so I, that was probably my busiest day. I went to my committee, again, the professional development committee. We had a lunch again. And then from there, I went to dinner with the group at University of Texas Medical Branch. They are also actively recruiting me. They also gave me a great offer and they wined and dined me a little bit, which it was great. We met with a vice dean. She told me a lot about their program. They have a laboratory, which I can use. So a lot of good stuff there. They're located in Galveston and they are starting a brand new CRNA program. The director of that program is going to be Cora Rabe. She just left Baylor University and she's starting the program at UTMB. She's extremely nice. And look out for that. I believe that they're going to be interviewing people for that program in the spring to start next fall. So that brand new program looking for people, you know, in the Texas area. So that was that. And then I had to run to this medical advisory board that was invited to be a part of for Edward Life Sciences. They want to start, you know, reaching out and educating CRNAs on more cardiovascular hemodynamic monitoring. And so we were part of some medical advisory board for that. So that was really interesting. Made some contacts there and had to go to the hotel, make another quick turnaround to get ready for the CRNA gala. And that was at the end of Monday night. So very formal event, gave out more awards. Angela Mund had a very beautiful, it was a very beautiful ceremony just celebrating her. And she had a surprise guest, one of her daughter's friends, who's some type of country musician star surprised her she didn't know she was there got up on stage and had a guitar and sang her this most beautiful song to kind of celebrate her time at the ANA so that was really nice lots of awards the food was good there and lots of dancing band and everything but you know a lot of people wanted to get up and hang out and dance and I I was like I had nothing left in me the, <laughs> the energizer bunny was gone so at that point so I stayed for until the awards were over and then I, I headed back I had to fly out the next day so that oh. was the rest of my evening there yeah yeah that's a so lot. Tuesday, I didn't fly out till 11, but I think I was I, I think I was like initially, oh, maybe I'll go to the conference just a little bit more and then go to the airport. No, I packed and, and went straight to the airport and just hung out there. So, yeah, that was it. That was and it took me a couple days to get readjusted back to Eastern time. How about you? Was it a little bit of a struggle to adjust again? Or were you OK? It was a little bit of a struggle to adjust again. And I also took a couple of days to recover. I had to go into some evening shifts, which did not help very much. So I was like extra tired because I tried to block off my days to go to the conference. But finally, like now I feel a little bit recovered. I got a good night's rest last night. But overall, I think the conference went excellent. I had such a good time. I learned so much. I'm definitely going again next year in San Diego. And I hope many of you guys will come with us as well. I think some takeaways from me were that I learned we got to you got to be intentional. We talk about this a lot, but also be flexible. There were moments where we were like, let's go and dinner and do this. And then somebody texted us or we ran into somebody and we're like, oh, no, let's go do lunch plans with them or do dinner plans with them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to be able to pivot. Go ahead. And, and also, I think practicing talking to people, um, you know, maybe that aren't in like high stake situations. Like go and talk to a couple people that aren't program directors or faculty members first or maybe somebody who works at a school that you're, you're really not going to go to. Just chat with them, kind of work that out. And by the end of the weekend or even by day two or day three, you'll feel a lot more comfortable. The other thing that was helpful is having the physical business cards. And I think even as RNs, people handed out those business cards. So that is something that we talked about on our lives going into the conference. And we suggested to people to make them. And 
that worked. People were handing those out. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something that I would encourage people to do next time as well. I even take the paper business cards at the end of the day and I'll jot down a little note about the person because sometimes as you start to collect them throughout Mm -hmm. the conference, you might have a stack of 20 of them. And there are a couple where I'm like, I can't quite remember what this person's face was or what we talked about. But if you write those notes down on the card right away, you'll have that later. And importantly, make sure you follow up. So I spent a lot of this week going back through the cards and sending those people emails and bringing up something that we talked about and something that I'm looking forward to in the future with that person. So those follow-ups don't, don't make sure you solidify that connection by following up. Absolutely. I sent a couple of emails already. I have a couple more to do that I'm going to write this weekend, but schedule for Monday. And then I have already received some emails from people who are doing the same thing to me. So I'm kind of still in the middle of that process, but definitely important to do. I thought that I was going to remember people like as I was meeting, as you were introducing me to people in the beginning, I was like, oh, I will definitely remember them. But it was very clear by like the second day that I was like, who was that? What was their name? Because we were just meeting so many people. So I started writing notes in my phone. But next time, right off the bat, I'm going to do that like from the get go and just really quickly write it down or just have a little notebook. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was it was funny. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie, The Devil Wears Prada. There's a scene at the very end where they're at some kind of gala and her assistant you know, there's somebody that's coming towards who's the main character in, in that show. I forget what her name is. Yeah, I don't remember uh, her name is either, but she's like the main. Somebody's coming. Yeah, somebody's coming towards her and she leans over to her assistant and she's like, who is that? And her assistant pulls out this book and it's like, that person is da 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 and gives her like this whole like quick spiel. Like the whole weekend was like me doing that. To... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So in the movie, she's like two kids. Son goes to Cornell. Husband newly divorced. <laughs> li- lived, lived in New York City part time. It's like spill the tea in 15 yeah. seconds or less as we're yeah. about to like meet this person. Totally. Totally. You're like, oh, this is that program director faculty member. She won this award and she's like excellent at doing this type of research. And I'm like, okay, okay, go. And then we would go. It was but so even great. the accelerator students were standing next to me as I'm doing it. And I'm like, well, they're going to have to hear some of the inside scoop. So I'm sitting there going, I'm going, don't worry, this is normal. No, it was really great. But yeah, anything that, any big takeaways for you? There were still a lot of people that I didn't get to see and run into. And there's just not enough time. And it's not like we had any downtime. We, every single moment we spent connecting with somebody. And you don't, you know, I think we did as much as we could, right? You don't want to rush those connections. When you're connecting with somebody, you're going out to lunch with somebody, you don't want to be like, all right, well, it's been 15 minutes. It's time for me to go connect with somebody else. Like you really, really want to take it all in. So I think we took advantage of all the time that we had there. We didn't get to sightsee at all because we were spending each moment making some kind of connection with somebody. Yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. did a great job. And if you were listening to this and you did not get to go to the meeting or you're feeling major FOMO or next year, you don't know that you can go either. I just want you to know that you can always attend virtually. You can still learn about the profession. The connection piece is huge. So if you can start saving some money and, and put aside some time to go just plan early for that it's totally worth it mm-hmm. even if you can just make one day totally worth it the other thing is go to your state meetings as well all of the stuff that we just talked about applies for those state meetings your local vanna meetings or your canna meetings so look those up ahead of time plan for those because they only happen once or twice a year sometimes they have a spring and a fall meeting and sometimes there's just one a year you don't make that one. You got to wait a whole nother year. Yeah, they're actually coming up for a lot of. I looked up a couple states because I ran into people that were either in California or whatnot. A lot of them are coming up in September, or October. So whatever state you're in, go to their website. Just type in California ANA or Texas ANA, and it'll have on their website what their fall meeting date is. And usually for RNs, the cost is very, very affordable. I know for New Jersey ANA, that's the state that I live in. It's only twenty five dollars for RNs. There are other national meetings that are coming up too, besides the annual Congress that we just went to. So I actually just booked for the leadership summit. That is in October. That's in Fort Lauderdale. And that is, a lot of these other meetings are a little bit smaller. So it's easier to network because there aren't as many people there. And usually a lot of those big players and program directors go to these smaller meetings. So the Leadership Summit is coming up in October. The ADCE, which is for didactic educators, that's coming up in Orlando. That's in February. That's my favorite meeting and where you can meet all of the directors. 
just because you are not a didactic educator doesn't mean you can't come. So a lot of nurse anesthesia residents and RNs come to that as well. And that is perhaps the best networking event for meeting program directors because they're all there and there's only about two or 300 of us as opposed to the annual Congress where there's a couple thousand. So you're more likely to run into people that you want to run into. The other meeting, national meeting that we have is the mid-year assembly. So the mid-year assembly is somewhere in April to May. It's always in Washington, D.C. And that meeting is a little bit more about the politics of our profession, meeting with legislators, talking about strategy. But like I said, even if you really aren't super into the politics, there's a lot to learn that could come up in a potential interview. And there's a lot of network networking to be had. So I'm, I'm probably going to go to all three this year, but a lot of opportunities to, to visit people and meet people. Hmm. I didn't know that Leadership Summit was in Fort Lauderdale. We have my in-laws in Fort Lauderdale, so I'll have to look into that as well. And our Accelerator students have gone to all of those meetings, and we have some coming up going to ADCE. I'm going to see you there. And then also we've had quite a few go to the mid-year assembly as well. Everybody comes back and is just so happy that they went, even their state meetings. So just because you didn't go to the annual Congress or can't go next year, there's other opportunities for you to plan for and go to. So Mm -hmm. overall, I think it went excellent. I'm looking looking forward to San Diego, though. So we'll be going to that. So if you're listening, put it on your calendar. And if you have any questions at all about attending meetings, you know, Ria and I are both an open book. We can help talk you through that, but it's definitely worth going to. So, sure. all right. Any last words of wisdom for our listeners? No, I, I think that we really honed in a lot on the importance of planning ahead for your networking, mm-hmm. putting yourself out there. Your Accelerate students were so impressive. The community building, the, you know, meeting directors, I think they really accomplished the goals that they wanted to accomplish. And what's so sweet is that one of the Accelerator students sent us flowers afterwards. My, my office smells amazing because of, it was just so sweet and very thoughtful. That was really nice. I know. That yeah, was really yeah. unexpected. And I'm like, I should be buying you flowers. Like, you're the one putting in the hard work. Like, they <laughs> yeah, all put yeah, themselves yeah. out there. And, you know, like, what Rhea and I help people do is nothing's a shortcut. Nothing's, you know, it, we are just trying to encourage you and help you to put yourself out there. Kind of give you the confidence and tell you that you can do it. You, you guys are the ones putting in the work, putting in all the effort and making the moves for yourself. So we are just there to support you along the way. So. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. I look forward to seeing you guys at the next meeting. And Rhea, thank you so much for doing this recap with me. I hope I didn't snore absolutely. at night. Am I a snorer? You're not a snorer. You are actually, you're actually a pretty good roommate. And I'm pretty particular about my roommate. So no, are you? Okay, I feel like by the end I had my stuff scattered everywhere. But I think we were both kind of just like, we didn't even spend time. You're in, in survival mode. We <laughs> were. We didn't eat. Like we ate good food, but like we didn't eat very much of it. We like ne- Next time we need to eat, like actually nourish our bodies to have stamina to keep going. Carry some bars. Yeah. Absolutely. All righty. We are going to have some new podcast episodes coming up. So stay tuned for that, guys. And I will link some of the people that we mentioned in today's episode down below. So you can check that out. Quick plug. We have our next cohort of accelerator students. The period for enrollment is open now. Doors close September 1st. We only open enrollment a couple times a year. This is our last time for 2023. Rhea Timmerman is going to be giving us a couple of talks. She already has given our previous student talks. You can watch all of those. Did a really good pharmacology deep dive there. That is essentially everything you need to know for your for your drugs for your interview. But really, our focus is community. We want to come alongside you and support you. We don't, you know, our groups are small. We like it that way on purpose because of everything we just talked about today, building connection and getting really to know you guys as people. So you can find that link below as well. And yes, we will see you guys on the next episode.